0: This is your Value Through Vulnerability host, Gary Turner. Today I had the absolute pleasure of welcoming Kat Hounsor onto the podcast from Everyday People. Uh, Kat is a really energetic, passionate and driven person, someone that I've been following on Twitter and social media for a while, but not someone I've had the pleasure of having a conversation with um, until today, and I'm really pleased that I did. Um, Her purpose is around helping organisations thrive, and what I found really fascinating was Kat's someone that's really clear and really congruent um, with that particular belief of helping organisations thrive, and I think it's something that you can really sense and hear in pretty much everything that she says. She really is striving to help Um, Organisations and the people that work there thrive, which is which is really really cool. We talk about a range of different topics, um, from well-being through to mental health, cat and mice, superhero strengths, uh, an aspect of this chat I really really enjoyed, Um, and we also talk about how important Cat's core values are to her um, and to her practice. So you know, there's a lot going on here. Uh, loads of takeaways you know I've got a, a page as I always get from from these really engaging and uh, interesting conversations so please do feedback to Kat or myself you'll find the Kat's contact details in the show notes and of course if you were so way inclined be really grateful if you could leave any feedback on this podcast on the iTunes app under the podcast value through vulnerability so please dive in hope you enjoy this chat and uh, look forward to any feedback thank you mm-hmm. Welcome to Value Through Vulnerability, a podcast dedicated to putting the human back into humanity. This afternoon, I'm very grateful and happy and excited to welcome Cat Hounsell from Everyday People. Hi, Kat.
1: Hello. Hi, Gary.
0: How are you? Are you good?
1: I'm uh, uh, really good, thanks. I'm uh, um, I'm sitting in my in my kitchen um it's as we know it's four fifteen on a thursday afternoon so uh yeah i'm kind of looking forward to having having a chat i'm just thinking i should have got a cup of tea next to me so it's, uh, it's kind of tea time isn't it <laughs> we we can actually pause
0: this and you get one if you want
1: uh that's all right i can i've got a glass of water
0: as <laughs> okay. L- long as you're sure we can always pause it <laughs> I'm sure. Lovely. Well, as, as we get going, for those that may not know you, Kat, would you mind just giving a sort of few minutes lowdown? Who are you? What's your background? You know, What are you doing for work? And what are you really passionate about?
1: Sure. So um, I'm Kat Hounsell. Uh, I'm founder of Everyday People, uh, which I set up because uh, I really believe in helping organisations to thrive um, and uh, really kind of helping individuals be their best selves, uh, because when as an individual, we're our best selves as a team, we do our best work as an organization. Um, we can serve the wider community uh, as well. So um, I'm all about thriving uh, in terms of what that actually means on a day to day basis. Uh, I'm, I design programs um, for organizations um, kind of linked to culture, uh, well-being um, and looking at sustained performance. Um, I'm a facilitator. Uh, I'm also uh, an ICF accredited coach uh, as well. I love coaching and the power of coaching. Um, and yeah, that's a bit about uh, what I do. I, I live in the countryside in West Sussex. Um love hiking, being at the beach. And uh uh, drinking good wine and eating good food, basically. <laughs> sounds like one heck of a good life to me. I'm with you on that. Yeah, it's, it's going all right at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sounds great. I'm feeling very grateful for where things are at. Yeah. Good, good, good. So, so, what, which aspects
0: of those work that you're doing right now would you say you're spending most time? Is there a certain sort of part of your work where you're spending more time right now? And is there a particular reason for that out of interest?
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, um, I know one of the reasons you got in touch is because I'm a mental health first aid instructor um, and I have really noticed over the last six months, um, kind of that's ramping up um, in terms of inquiries, what is it, how does it help organisations, you know, through to kind of getting in there um, and training up mental health first aiders. Uh, and mental health first aid champions um within businesses uh, so that's that's taking up quite a chunk of time um and also what i 'm also uh, kind of really pleased to see is um companies thinking about the proactive strategies that they can take as well so raising awareness around just well being generally and how do we look after ourselves um, uh, and kind of really appreciating that our well being is linked with our performance, um, not just in work, just in life, generally, um, you know, and kind of putting budget and time aside uh, to, to do that for, for people, um, which is so important.
0: Oh, that, 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 that's really powerful, actually, because I think I've sort of read quite a lot recently, Kat, that, and please correct me or challenge me on this, but I've heard and read a lot about, it seems to still be quite difficult for certain organisations not that they don't understand how important people being well is, but how mm. to almost justify or construct a program that delivers mm. something that they can measure to some extent. Mm. Is that something you come across at all?
1: Or? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, and I, um, I think there's a few, a few reasons behind that. Um, I think one of the challenges is kind of well-being as a field is very broad, um, and on the surface it looks quite simple. Um, you know, make sure people are doing the basics like sleeping, uh, eating, exercising. Um, but then you've got the psychological, kind of mental needs that we all have. Uh, so having a sense of belonging, having a sense of purpose, um, being able to kind of bounce back when things don't go brilliantly. Uh, and it's all so interconnected. Uh, you, you can it's, Quite hard to just do one chunk without other chunks. Um, and I, I think that you know that causes uh yeah challenges, strategic challenges in terms of implementing well-being programs and strategies, um, because they can start looking like a sticking plaster, um, mm-hmm. rather than uh kind of yeah, really educating people around um it sounds funny but what it means to be human (laughs) it's like why do we have to educate ourselves around what it means to be human but um, you know the the reality is I'd love to hear if it was different for you when you went through school but school for me was about uh, subjects and um, knowledge Um, you know a little bit about working together uh, but really focused on exams and, and results and so, actually, in those early years when we 're learning about ourselves, we may perhaps not learning about ourselves um, as much as we could be, uh, especially depending on kind of backgrounds and you know, family dynamics and, and things like that as well so So, I really believe organizations have a responsibility to uh, to help us as humans kind of know ourselves a bit better so so we can
0: do our best really no that, 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 that really speaks to me actually so to answer your question mm-hmm. yeah same experience as you completely and, and there's some good work going on in terms of so you may have heard of enterprise advisors that are trying to bridge the gap mm-hmm. between education and the real world of work so there is quite mm-hmm. a big push by the careers and enterprise company right now to try and bridge that gap mm-hmm. but i don't think it's still enough around the human skills interpersonal skills you know, it's still very much how can we take those learned skills and apply them in the world of work rather than mm-hmm. how can I be a better human as I go into the world of work. So I don't think that bit's been looked at. They yeah. are looking at the you know, better matching of skills to to the world of work. But I think yeah. that bit Kat. I do. From Definitely. Well,
1: with my uh optimistic hat on, uh yes. the good news is I <laughs> I, I know a uh, quite a few people who work in education um, you know, from early years and through uh, you know, and I am hearing of stories and examples of um, of that sort of work happening, you know, stuff like right. mindfulness. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, she's talking about how her class next term are going to look at superheroes. What's your superhero strengths? Right. You know, and that whole idea of superheroes, you know, they come up against a villain. Sometimes things don't go their way. Um, how does the superhero bounce back? So you know, kind of taking uh, all this great kind of uh, science and research that you know we're finding out about all the time, and putting it into a language that kids can understand. Um, I actually think as adults, you know, like, what what are our super superhero strengths uh, as well, and you know, what makes us what makes us great and at, at who we are, and you know, being an incredible leader, authentic leader at work. What does that what
0: does that really mean? Cool. There's, there's two really powerful things, actually, you just described for me there, Kat. So one is actually around the language piece. And I'm hearing that quite a lot. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm definitely seeing it that actually, you know, what is a leadership? No, leadership is a language to some extent. Yeah. And, you know, if well-being isn't part of that language, then it becomes difficult to implement, doesn't it, to some extent? Um, yeah. But, but I think I've got a more important question. Yeah. What would you say right now was your number one superhero strength as cat Hansel
1: oh that's a that's a great question um uh well I'd say at the moment it's uh, awareness okay. uh I've been doing uh, a lot of well you know over the years I've been doing a lot of work at kind of raising my um my awareness of what's going on internally for me in terms of my emotions, my thinking, um, kind of my reactions to situations. Um, and the reason why I'm giving myself the badge of awareness, I feel like I've got a brownie badge <laughs> <laughs> on my, on my sash, um, is even just yesterday, you know, I, um, I had a situation whilst I was facilitating. Somebody came into the room, um, unexpectedly, uh, you know, quite a, um, Uh, No, not a forceful character, just uh, they had a lot to share. Um, And, you know, I noticed myself thinking, oh, you know, what's going? This wasn't planned. What's going on here? You know, the time is ticking away. Um, I'm starting to worry about what people think about me in comparison to this other person. And, And just being able to notice those thoughts and feelings and go, you know what, this is your uh your sort of fear response is going off um it's there for a good reason it's trying to keep you safe uh it's okay people think these things people feel these things but actually take a step back what's really going on um and is it impacting the experience for the worse or for the better of the group and you know what it was for the better so that ability to kind of let go step back um, and, you know, kind of try being a bit different and see how that plays out. Uh, and you can't make choices without awareness in the first place. So, um, yeah, I've been putting a lot of energy into boosting my superhero awareness
0: <laughs> I skills.
1: And I, I like to help other people to do the same too.
0: <laughs> I've got this vision of you flying around with your hand up in the air this, e- this evening. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite funny for me personally if if i was going to ask myself the same question it's part of Mm. awareness but mine's around vulnerability so my Mm. my big my superhero strength right now is being able to speak my truth around my challenges i had being bullied as i grew up you know these sorts of things Mm. are trying to help others have those Mm. conversations with themselves i think that's my one right now so it's interesting for both of us there's this distinctly human awareness piece that we see as a, our, our superhero strengths. Fascinating. Yeah,
1: it? definitely. If you don't mind me asking, where do you see the vulnerability uh, kind of superhero quality playing out in your day to day? In the day to day? Good question, Coach Cat. I love oh. that. I love
0: a bit of life coaching. <laughs> um, so that's more around making spaces safe for other people. Mm-hmm. So I tend to be the one that goes first and says, yeah. right, let's talk about this or actually this is a safe environment let's like let's get this on the table so i tend mm. to be the one that takes that sort of step to make the space mm. safe or to be the one that starts the conversation or use my own experience to mm. try and facilitate other people being able to do the same if that makes yeah. sense
1: oh a hundred percent if you create that safe space for others then they can step up and be a bit more of themselves
0: yeah, as well yeah, absolutely um, you've seen that. and if-
1: if nothing else, it's the it's the sort of behaviour where, at a party, people love you. You know that thing where everyone's looking at the buffet but nobody's touching it? And uh, the first person to go up, the vulnerability to, you know, cut, break through that fear of looking like the greedy one. Everybody loves you. Everybody's right up there at the buffet with you. <laughs> I hope that cool. metaphor does, it does uh, vulnerability justice. I'm not sure it does, but... <laughs> it's a good metaphor i'm more
0: concerned now you're comparing me to a tray of food but anyway we'll carry on
1: i'm not sure about that i should say one of my values is cheekiness so just so you're just so you're aware
0: well actually while we're talking about awareness so Mm. you've given a great example of it as your sort of um, sort of superhero strength if you were going Mm. to describe what awareness or self-awareness means to you as cat how would you how would you describe it if someone Mm. came into you and said cat can you please describe to me what self-awareness means
1: what self-awareness means that's a brilliant question uh it's it's a sense it's a i think it's a knowing within both your head your heart and your gut about what's happening um well actually in all of your senses uh it's about noticing really but kind of a very simple level. It's noticing what's going on for you physically. You know, are your, are your palms sweating? Are your shoulders tense? Um, are you smiling? Are you frowning? Um, you know, so what's what's going on physically? Um, anything that's going on on the inside that people can't see, you know, have you got the butterflies in your stomach or uh, is your heart racing, You feeling pumps, You know, like you're sort of ready for a challenge uh then it's about kind of you know the emotions if you were going to put an, a name on that experience you're having what what's the emotion or feeling that you would name it as um uh, and then also the thoughts that are going around in our minds but we don't always notice what we're actually thinking you know we're talking to ourselves a lot all the time um uh you know in, in a healthy way uh and uh, but we don't always pay attention and, and notice what those thoughts are, um, you know. And it is like your inner critic talking, um, you know, negative self-talk, um, or are you hearing more of your inner mentor and or your inner friend, you know, the person that's on your side that's cheering you on? Um, so awareness for me is is quite complex, really. A um, lot to think about. So this is what I mean about well-being. It, it's very. It sounds very simple on the surface. You start digging down into it, and it's like, oh, there's a lot going on under under there. (laughs) Where do we start? And going back to the very first question you asked, I I I do think that's one of the challenges that we come up against in the workplace. Like, you know, what's the starting point um, for this sort of discussion? Uh, I'm still trying to work that out myself. So, I'd anybody listening, or you, or yourself, Gary, I'd, I'd love any. Thoughts or tips on uh, your experience?
0: <laughs> well, well, actually, lead within my work organization. Actually, I've led a self awareness and assertiveness learning module yeah. which we designed and delivered in house for a few years. Mm. And it's hard, it is it, mm. it, 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 hard. And I think you know, it, it's not just that it's quite a, an elastic topic, I think it's also the more elastic it becomes, the more time, particularly senior leaders, attach, which mm. naturally takes people away from their day job. So I think there's a lot of mindset, and I, I loved hearing you actually talk about hearing your thoughts, and actually your great experience of being able to your, increase your superpower, is actually mm. you can drop those thoughts quicker, is what I heard yeah. you say. And I think yeah. that's such a powerful thing. And yeah. I think, so yeah, to sort of answer your question, it is, I would say it's just hard, and it's just, I think we need to make more opportunities more regularly. Like, mm. I don't think people should have to be pushed or delivered into a session, I, for mm-hmm. me, I, I like the idea of sort of quarterly, there's three or four sessions, whether there's one person in it or 20, yeah. that people can self-select themselves onto rather than it needs to be something that needs to be fixed or something yeah. that's come and seen in you that needs to be corrected or actually maybe you should do that. You're looking a bit emotional. You know, if there was mm-hmm. this space again, this safe psychological space, three or four times a quarter where people could just take themselves, knowing it's trusted, facilitated by someone like you. I think that would really increase the engagement and take away this stigma of having to think, do I need yeah. something wrong with me to be fixed to go to this session? Yeah. Sometimes that's a problem with some of this. Yeah, what about you. What do you think?
1: yeah definitely. And, and also, um, really developing uh, great awareness skills and coaching skills within leaders because I, I guess I'm thinking of that person perhaps in your team who, um, Never makes time to go to those opportunities that are there. Um, you know, they're taking on uh, kind of all the work challenges there are. They're possibly the person kind of working late, giving that little bit extra. But are they giving much to themselves? Um, and you, you know, you need to have. We all need to have other people looking out for us from time to time. And um, I, I think one of the roles of a leader is is around duty of care, um, uh, and that care isn't just waiting till something goes wrong it's also saying hey look you know I've noticed you've been working really hard lately um and you you haven't been putting any time aside for your sort of personal development you know kind of wondering you know what is there anything getting in the way of that is there any reasons why um anything I can do to help you uh and it might be that person doesn't feel worthy of going to those sorts of sessions and Um, so I think it's, it's great to put on workshops that are, are open, um, and people can kind of get involved with them when the time is right. Uh, I think we also need to balance that with day to day, just human conversation, um, Mm. uh, and being brave and courageous to, to call things out that we notice in others and check that it isn't anything, um, deeper than what we're seeing on the surface level uh, and I guess I'm, I'm kind of touching on the mental health first aid territory because that, that's a big a big part of mental health first aid is around looking out for um, signs and symptoms um, within others and really having that courage to start up a human conversation uh, and to not shy away from you know sometimes asking some quite tricky difficult questions um, but as long as it's coming from a loving and, and kind place, um, you know, yeah, that's that's all. No, it's not all we can do, but that's a great place to start.
0: No, that's great. I was really sensing and hearing the mental health first aid. Nice segue, mm. that cat. Um, to be honest, because you know, I actually trained as a mental health first aider at the end of last year, and I have to say, yeah. the two days was inc- it's actually a really reasonable price for the mm. insight that you get from 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 mm. the two days. So I'd really commend anyone that's on this. Um, Podcast to really reach out to you know reach out to you cat to try and get you into. Mm. To, so you you said you're a mental health first aid instructor. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. Mental health first aiders.
1: Exactly. So I train up mental health first aiders. Um, there's a the two day full first aid course, um, which uh, I, I say is well, basic. They're life skill courses. Anybody can get something from them. But if you weren't you know don't have the budget <laughs> or not sure where to start um kind hr it's definite um any leaders who are really kind of position themselves as a bit of a go-to person um uh, uh people who sit on reception tend to be the people that have uh, hearts opened up to <laughs> uh you yeah, any kind of people leading well-being initiatives I, I think if you're if you're willing to be a bit of a go-to person uh, the first aid program is um, is a great, great one. Uh, and then there's a one day mental health first aid champion course, uh, which is kind of a lighter touch version of the two days. Um, and for me, what's in there is is the basics that every manager, every supervisor, um, uh, really, they need to have those skills. They need to have that awareness because of the duty of care that we have in our organizations Um, it's not, it's not a nice to have, I think it's a need to have, um, and mental health first aid isn't the only course out there that, um, that delivers, um, you know, the the same or similar outcomes. However, you mentioned language earlier and I, I am a real believer. I've I've got a friend called Lisa Gill, um, you might have come across her, um, And we, So we used to work together, and Lisa always used to talk about the power of language, uh, and it's something that is resonating with me more and more. Um, so I think what's particularly powerful about the mental health first aid movement is that it's a language that people understand. We have physical first aiders, we get that. Um, it's becoming, uh, well it's not just nationwide, it's a global language. Um, Mental health first aid exists in many countries all across the world. It originated in Australia. Um, uh, It gives HR people a common language, you know, when they're um, talking about things, it's a transferable qualification. Um, So I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of power within that and i guess the future is that we have just first aid um and first aid is both physical and mental um but i think as a society we're not quite there yet uh and uh, having you know mental health first aid to be able to be looked at kind of on par with physical first aid is is important and i think their language helps with that
0: no that's 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 a really helpful reflection actually i know, I know mm. of an organisation's a publishing house up in leeds i think it is that's just, they've just um, trained 37 mental health first aiders. So I think it's like wow. 10% of the workforce, which is quite wow. one of the bigger sort of numbers I've heard. I think, is it, was it Natasha Devinson's been doing that change.org to try and get yes. mental health first aiders? Is Where's your
1: head at? Yeah, exactly. Makes me think of the Baseman Jack song every time.
0: <laughs> 100%. Is, is Natasha someone you've had any contact with out of interest? Or?
1: Um, no, not directly. Uh, okay. I've been following the campaign. You know, I've signed the petition, sending it. Uh, around to people um i saw on twitter i think it was just about 48 hours ago uh, they're nearing the 100,000 person um kind of mark uh which is what they need to hit i believe so um so yeah uh it's where's your where's your head app dot org i believe we um, maybe we can check that, and I don't know if it's possible to send it out with the link of the. <laughs>
0: yeah, so we will do that. We'll add it to the show notes. Yeah, we'll add it to the show awesome. notes. Absolutely. No, not at all. We'll try and get that yeah. to a hundred thousand listeners, please.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so the well, to give a bit of background for anyone listening and what it is, uh it's to uh, make it a legal requirement. The same that we have physical first aid. It, you know, we have to have physical first aiders. um You know, we need to have mental health first aiders. Uh, You know, it's. Um, one of the most common reasons for people taking time off sick in terms of both short-term and long-term absence Um, so it's yeah we we need we keep talking about awareness but we need to have that awareness we need to have the skills and the knowledge in place um, and recruiting the right people to to be mental health first aiders too uh, I think that's that's really important. Um uh, and there there is a document from Mental Health First Aid England, um, sort of a three page three pager on you know what what makes a really great mental health first aider. Um uh, and I think that's a useful tool. It's something I've got, I'm happy to send on to people uh, as well if they want to get in touch.
0: No, that's great. Well as we wrap up the podcast, we'll uh, get your contact details for sure, Kat. So that, yeah. that would be good. Um sort of moving on a bit something that's quite linked for me towards sort of mental health first aid is mm. sort of vulnerability you know someone to feel that there is somewhere to go in a safe way you know mm. is vulnerability do you feel important as part of that whole mental health first aid movement?
1: Oh a hundred, hundred and more percent <laughs> um you know I uh, I'm quite open about Part of the reason why i run mental health first aid workshops is because i've had my own challenges with anxiety and depression um kind of mainly um whilst i was at university age um i was uh training as a contemporary dancer in a very high high pressured high performance environment um not really taking care of myself um, in terms of my own well-being um i had a couple of um, sort of personal instances um uh, my grandma falling very ill on me um and and that triggered you know a, a period of uh, quite deep depression and and sort of quite bad anxiety really um uh and through that process of um you know therapy and opening up to people and realizing i'm not alone, I'm not mad, I thought I was going crazy you know <laughs> I remember saying to somebody i'm i'm literally I'm going crazy um that's because it wasn't talked about and um uh and so kind of being able to share that stories personal stories is really important to normalizing the conversation um just yesterday i was running a workshop uh and and somebody within that workshop shared their personal experience um you know of uh, of a suicide attempt and um you know how a, a big part of their depression and anxiety was linked to Linked to work and a very intense lifestyle, a huge amount of business travel, a lot of being away from home, loneliness um, and yeah, I think telling these stories is is really important um, uh, and you'll find that remote pretty much every mental health first aid instructor I've met (laughs) has had either, well, either their own challenges or they've supported um, a close friend or a family member as well. And I I think that offers a really uh, useful uh, insight because um, it's not just uh, the person that's unwell that needs support. The supporters of the person who's unwell also need support too. Support them with their self care and um, make sure they stay mentally healthy, so I think vulnerability is a massive part of it and i, I don 't know if you experienced this gary in in the course you went through, but every every workshop i 've run uh, people open up they, they tell their stories um, you know i i 'd never met anybody with bipolar disorder before I became a mental health first aid instructor uh I, I've met loads now <laughs> um even I started chatting to a lady on the train the other day and she started telling she told me oh I've got bipolar disorder and I was like oh <laughs> you know and uh and the, this is just coming from talking like from, from no, there is nothing there is nothing more complex going on we're just talking um and people are being able to not feel ashamed by having you know a, a label or something attached to them and um you know it's 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 a condition and it, uh, it's something that needs to be managed the same way that we get physical health conditions that need to be managed um uh, on that please stop me if i'm going on no, a bit <laughs> super, super um, but yeah i think i think for me one of the really important messages is that uh, just because somebody has a diagnosis of a mental health condition uh doesn't mean that they automatically have poor levels of well-being Um, you you can have a diagnosis of something like bipolar or schizophrenia um, but uh, because you're managing it well because you've got um, you're doing self-care you've got the support network around you actually your your well-being can be you can be thriving you can thrive with a diagnosis and um, and people don't um yeah, that message hasn't reached everybody yet and uh, i think it's a really important message to um to get out there
0: it really is and thank you for that because it's a new message for me today yeah. actually you, you, yeah. you do no you do you, you assume that as with any illness it means you're going down somehow yeah. What you're actually saying is not necessarily it's not necessarily the visible case of mm-hmm. mental health that's really no thank you for sharing that i think that's a really really yeah. helpful insight really yeah
1: I was I was talking to somebody um just yesterday about how since they were given a diagnosis um it's like a light has been turned on and they suddenly have an understanding of why they've been thinking some of the things they've been thinking and um you know some of their behavior um over recent years or their whole life really and it's it's a uh, yeah it's it's been a support for them um uh, and they're in a really good place uh, since having a diagnosis which you know i i think yeah we need to normalize we need to normalize that
0: i love that you're just re- reconfirming again just by becoming aware of what mm. it is allows you to mm. do with it doesn't it just knowing mm. basically so yeah yeah nice. That's so, so powerful
1: thank you very yeah. much
0: for that and just just for anyone just in case people haven't heard some of the other podcasts where I've shared my challenge so I had a mental health challenge two years ago where I burnt out again reinforcing your point uh Kat that, uh, that tends to be where mental health first aid has come from so yeah just really really transformed my understanding and I sat in a room with people where again some had children that had gone as no thankfully they hadn't committed suicide but had attempted other people were bipolar and I, it's just with everything though isn't it and I think it's also whether it's mm-hmm. mental health I think it's also the same with inclusion. Another podcast for mm. this, uh, sorry, another theme of this podcast is how do we make workplaces and indeed society a more inclusive place? Because the same challenges I hear you talking about with, or well, the benefits of just communicating is the same mm. when you're going have a conversation with someone that's Muslim, black, white, Afghanistan, you know. We're, we're sort of segregating situations, therefore making them more mm. difficult to talk about. Whereas if we just go, we're all connected mm. human. Let's just actually. Oh, why does that person wear that that particular garment? Let me ask them. Then I'll know. Do you know what I mean? It's just. Yeah. It's just really. I just find it quite fascinating.
1: Yeah. Well, um, that that's a really great point. I um uh, I collaborate with uh, another organisation called Wild Goose Learning, um, uh, and they have a, a really awesome game platform. That they come from a team building background, and they have this great app um, where it, it uses kind of the power of GPS and you end up kind of running around the streets or running around your office, finding hot spots, doing activities. Um, it, it's another way to bring learning to life. Um, but yeah, I collaborate with them. And one of, um, uh, one of the wild goose workshops is built around inclusive leadership and, um, around the Deloitte study that's been done recently of, um, the six traits of an inclusive leader. And, um, really well a big one of them is curiosity and the the main takeaway message is about I mean it's not it's not brain science is it it's like start with the human like get to know the person who's the person and you know what what makes them tick what do they like what don't they like um yeah understand their culture ask them questions and you know it's We don't have to know everything about every culture, every religion, every race, every sex, every gender, every, you know, it's um, we just need to be curious and and open uh, and vulnerable enough to to say we don't know something. But we'd like to know so that we can help that person. Um, So, yeah, that for me, when I went through that, uh, that program that they have. Um, it's like, oh, it started really shifting my thoughts on what inclusive, what inclusivity means as well. God, oh, that, yeah. that, 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 that's super, If you go
0: back through these, you, I'm grateful you're my number 15 episode, cat. Um, pretty <laughs> much every episode is pointing towards curiosity. It's yeah. Absolutely fascinating. It's like this new thing we've all found, or at least mm-hmm. we're opening the box again to say it's okay to be curious. Because yeah. so many years now, it's been you've got job spec you fit within that mm-hmm. job profile don't come out mm-hmm. of it just do that job and go home at five o'clock now it's like yeah. actually ah you can be like you've got rob um, baker and his job crafting he's looking at you know how mm. do you actually create the role that it actually yeah. gives you some space to grow Therefore, you add more mm-hmm. value. It's got more meaning it's more purposeful etc yeah just, it, it all seems to be playing curiosity like Oh, Gary, you've given me a flashback in one
1: of my first jobs i um went to somebody quite senior and and you know asked them for some for some feedback uh, and they gave me some some lovely feedback and their developmental feedback was um just remember where your what your role is and what and where your place is <laughs> ah, and um yeah well as you can imagine i I uh, left quite soon afterwards. Um uh, thought, well my place obviously isn't isn't here. Um
0: right. but yeah,
1: you've just you've just brought that back for me. And that, that's you know, we 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 need to embrace curiosity a bit more. And when somebody says, why do we do things this way? Or ch- kind of challenging the first idea that's put on the table. Um it, I guess that's where bias starts coming into it, noticing, um, kind of just noticing. The choices that we're making and questioning where they're coming from, um, uh, yeah.
0: Love that. Is that is that a theme? Would you say for a lot of the work you're doing, whether it's the mental health first aid or other parts you're coaching, you know, sort of L and D, whatever? Well, is curiosity curiosity is that a really common theme for you with the work that you deliver?
1: Yeah. Well, actually, it's what. Well, yes, it's one of my values. Where I've just Why thought really? is respect, courage, curiosity, and a little cheekiness. So that's I guess it's lovely. it's part of who I am. <laughs> no, that's so, like yeah. repeating
0: those if you don't mind. So your your personal yeah. problems again, Kat.
1: Yeah, so respect, courage, curiosity, and a little cheekiness.
0: You're you definitely wrong with the, <laughs> one of those today, which is really But but I Oh good. <laughs> thank, you it, thank you for repeating it though, because I think it's a really important message because a lot of talk yeah. about personal values, aligning with organisational values, etc. etc. My personal values are trust, mm. my, yeah. So um, trust, collaboration, communication, and there's one other one. That's it, growth, sorry. They're my four.
1: Mm. So,
0: mm. know, but they do hold you dear, don't they? They do give you that sort of mm. that north star for you to at least check yourself with. Do you find that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And um, well, how, how do you find it in terms of like decision making and using your values as part of that?
0: Massive it's actually really quite big and i I think one of the i think the big one actually is for trust sometimes i've made decisions and probably not so long ago if i'm honest where i went actually gary if that was someone else you probably wouldn't have done that and i've sort of checked myself in and sort of apologized for it i said look i shouldn't have done that so yeah definitely 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 does work
1: wow
0: yeah how about you well that's that's your growth
1: in action as well yeah i guess so yeah but i think values are what we're talking about where's a good place to start and if i think values are a good place to start um kind of understanding what you know what we are basing our decisions on um kind of knowing your values helps you to know yourself a bit better Uh, and also how do they align to organizational values because you know it it would be great if we could all work for an organization where we were 100% lines to the values that were up there on the wall on a poster um but the reality is in some places they are just words on the wall some places they don't exist at all Mm -hmm. uh in others they are lived and, and breathed but we each have our own core values too and so we need to be able to relate my values to the values of the organization i'm working with and you know how do they um how do they support one another? Is there any potential conflict mm-hmm. in values that, that could come about? And you know, how am I gonna manage that? Um, and just starting from that level of, a, of awareness, uh, I, I'm just prepping, I think it's front of mind, I'm just prepping for a, a, a leadership course that starts next week and um, values is a part of, uh, kind of looking at values uh, and you know, the alignment to the organization is, is a big part of the first module um so yes yeah, so it's, it's front of mind but i think it's a, a a useful i i've never come across like whenever i've worked um whether it's with groups or one-on-one coaching um I, i've never seen values kind of fall flat uh, i like, <laughs> people have normally got something out of that exploration um and understanding a bit more about themselves
0: brilliant yeah. what is What would you say in your experience at the moment right now, the number one challenges that you're seeing within the HR space? I know you sort of cross over a few areas. What do you think the number one challenges you're hearing, sensing, seeing, reading right now?
1: Mm, That's a really good one.
0: You're only allowed one, Kat, just saying.
1: I'm only allowed one. I I think this isn't just HR. I think it's for our whole country. I think uncertainty um, of, you know, where where we're at as a country you know we're we're leaving the European Union we're not very very clear on um you know what's going to happen we've just been uh you know this document in terms of here's the guidelines if we leave with a no deal basically don't panic mr mannering <laughs> um read this document and you'll be okay you know that that um that, that causes last. a huge level of uncertainty and, and, and uncertainty can be one of one of the triggers for stress um it it definitely gets in the way in terms of planning and making decisions um especially for large organizations who um you know they're global they uh maybe they trade across um across borders uh you know that's it's not just a hr issue it's a Societal one at the moment, um, uh, so in terms of how that 's trickling down, what i 'm noticing is that is a lot of sort of last minute decision making um, that 's what i 'm experiencing, and kind of talking to colleagues, it seems to be something others are experiencing too, so this kind of real desire and want to do things and and kind of have a plan and an idea, but sort of getting very last minute sign off on stuff um, doesn't feel very strategic, Uh, it it feels like let's do what we can within what we know right now Um, and that's good that people aren't just stopping and and, you know personal development is being sort of cut and well-being is being you know like put to the bottom of the list Uh, I think that's a really positive sign that that's not happening but kind of the why don't we really talk about strategically how can we implement things that are right for your business um, in a way that's going to be sustainable? I, I think being sustainable is so important. Um, you know, otherwise, stuff can just become a bit of a waste of money, to be honest. A waste of time, waste of energy, waste of hope. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think I think uncertainty would be right at the top. And in terms of how that's showing up, uh, I think it's um, this sort of last-minute decision making. Um, but you know, I'm yeah, I'm a small business owner. Uh, I also do freelance associate work, so obviously I'm slightly on the on the outside. Um, but yeah, that's been my my experience recently.
0: Yeah, no, I've got a similar similar thing. I think what's interesting for me though, and I see some link cat to some extent between this. <laughs> so yeah we're always going to it's always going to be sort of uncertain though to some extent because of the rate of change technology so i'm wondering if there's a beautiful link here between actually what you're doing with your mental health work and the well-being trend that there seems to be to actually the more human we make our Mm -hmm. businesses the more human Mm. we design them the more Mm. we cope with uncertainty because you're not Mm. worried about the numbers and planning and budgeting because the people are already thinking about it
1: yeah
0: and i wonder if I'm just a bit of an optimist but i wonder if there's some sort of almost forced change coming where actually people will start to design businesses around people more because that's mm. actually who's got the, the information and the knowledge and the experience and the power to actually pivot quicker the guys at the top mm. see it too late so i'm just wondering if actually being well-being led human-led can actually deal with the uncertainty more than the current system is my summary
1: yeah well i because i know that you're doing some work with world blue and you know that's been a big part of your of your journey and uh, some of the things you've said that i've got a very small insight to world blue some of the things you've said have uh, reminded me of some of the language i came across around right. that and you know i am i guess i am more interested in your <laughs> in your take on on that and um yeah where you see the future of where do you see the future of work well, well
0: i do see it but for me it is that though it's, it's re- it really is design you know I know it's easy to say if you've got a product, whether it, you know you could be making machinery, you could be making mm. you know, developing software, whatever. But I think there's enough good examples now of like Next Jump. You heard of Next Jump before, is a software, yes, yeah. software house, yeah. yeah. So yeah. They're, they they're, they've got this incredible culture which is totally people centred. They've got a safe mm-hmm. space to practice. They call it the development gym, where they practice mm-hmm. what they call their backhand, which is basically their development areas. And mm-hmm. they've got their public speaking. And they can go and practice negotiation. There's organizations out there that for me really role model what the future of work looks like, which is people people like next mm-hmm. Jump, which is this, you know, how can we make back to your point from earlier, Kurt, how do we allow genuinely someone to bring their whole self? And there's this great phrase that I've heard recently. Life work quality. Getting away from work, life mm-hmm. balance as if work owns you, you then get a bit of life and hopefully it's mm-hmm. balanced in the end from actually your life is your work and you combined and how do you make the quality of that the best possible for you and the people you work for and those that you surround yourself yeah. with and i know again it's language but i think it's such an important shift of language from this deficit yeah. mindset to this abundance mindset of actually wow if we do genuinely develop our organizations around people around people yeah. give them the empower them give them the information give them the intent yeah the strategic leaders can do more of the good stuff and coach and develop and strategize i think there's just so much fear that's a well blue there is so much fear still within organisations that they don't want to accept that that could work. And I think mm. that's, you've asked me, so you've got me on my, uh, my soapbox now, but that's how I see it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and also what, what is work? Uh, and Andy Swan, if you've ever crossed paths yes. with him, yeah. he asked that question a lot. What is work? And, um, I've got a lot of family members at the moment who are in that transition phase, uh, of retirement. And, um, it's really interesting where you think, well, you know, for example, my, my dad is really into kind of local politics and, you know, he um, really campaigns a lot for the, uh, for the good of the village and the the surrounding area of where I grew up. And, and really he's, he's pretty much got a full-time job from what I can see, <laughs> you know, but he's supposedly retired. Um, you know, my mum's talking about going and supporting at the local library when, um, when that reopens, um, you know, I've got an uncle who goes and uh, helps in the NHS on the X-ray department, and you know, it's like, you know, what does is that not work? Like, what is what is work? And I and I, it's strange. It's like, why do we say the activities that we are doing up to a certain age count as work? Um, because not everybody is doing something in exchange for money. Um, uh and we're all doing it on varying degrees of exchange of, of money. And um it I just find it bizarre. I, I'm I don't know, I'm thinking more and more about what you know what is work. If you took away the word of work, what is it I'm doing? I'm actually just filling my life with lots of different activities. Um some of them uh some of them come with uh, with sort of money attached to them, some of them come with um, you know fun and enjoyment some of them come with conversation you you get value in lots of different ways um the sweet spot is when you get you know all of those things together um but you know i'd love to be in a position where you know money wasn't something that was was needed but I, i think it's i get a bit annoyed when people pretend that money isn't a thing you know we we money uh is important for as part of our well-being, in terms of having enough, uh, kind of being able to look after ourselves. Um, and, you know, of course people would want to work for, for free, but, um, that's not, we don't live in a world where that's always possible. <laughs> um, so then it makes you go, well, just what is work? You know, is it, it, is it just activities and therefore what activities do you choose to fill your time with? Um, yeah. What well, What's work to you, I,
0: Gary? I, I love that. I re, I re, I'm really conscious of time. I've talked to you for days, Kat. I sort of knew this was going to happen. Oh, yeah, um, it's five o'clock. Oh, my um, goodness. <laughs>
1: we'll,
0: look, we'll look to wrap up, but I'll answer your question quickly for me. Yeah. You, I'm actually not going to answer the question quickly. Oh, it's just pause. No, no you, you're letting, you're making me think oh. more about it. And ah. well, it's a really, really good question. You know, what is... Because... Mm-hmm. I've got a future podcast coming up. Have you heard of universal basic income?
1: Yes, yeah. Yeah,
0: So there's a lot of talk now. There's an experiment in Scotland around, actually, why do we have benefit systems the way that it works? Why can't we actually Mm -hmm. have a universal basic income where everybody has a house over there? You know, they've got a minimum amount that allows them to have water, food, a roof over their head Mm -hmm. and can do the work that's that's most meaning to them, whether it makes 10,000 or 100,000 per year and mm. i don't know enough about it but i've got someone hopefully on monday coming on to talk about this about ubi oh great um, well I'll listen
1: i'd like to learn more yeah. too <laughs> so, so,
0: yeah. I, so hopefully that will work out on monday and so for me i'm still pondering you've just given me a really good interesting reflection as i mm. as, as, as we wrap up to be honest so i will come back to you on that and maybe we can <laughs> have another chat at some point and explore that Because so i think that's a really yeah, i love really, that really important topic yeah. really really important topic but i am conscious of your mm. time so I've got a couple of quick questions, and I'd like you to be able to tell people how they can reach you,
1: okay.
0: So, what is giving you the most energy right now?
1: Um, What's giving me the most energy right now? Oh, that is a big question. Um, I've been, for the first time, I've been on two short runs this week, and one of my my personal dedications is, I I, I need to get my heart rate up more. I love yoga, but um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not directly answering your question, but I'm <laughs> getting my heart rate up. That's really? giving me, that's giving me some uh, energy.
0: Fantastic. What a great comment. Yeah. Um, so last thing before you tell people how can get hold of you, Kat. I know that mm-hmm. you and I are both going to meaning this year. I think the meaning conference. Oh, so, yes. And we are both also running fringe events this year yes quite interesting. yes my one being self-awareness and I put you want to give a mm-hmm. bit of background as to your um, event that you're running in case people want to come come along to that
1: yes yeah, so um, mentioned mental health first aid um, earlier so it, I'm running a mental health first aid champion course so that's the one day course the Friday directly after meaning so you can go out to the meeting after party and then come in the next day. Um, and it's kindly being hosted by an, a really fantastic venue just next to Brighton train station um, uh, called Spaces. Um, it, it's a fab venue, amazing cafe in there. Um, and yeah, they've um, uh, yeah, they've been very generous as, as hosts. So come along to that. Um, I'm possibly running a two-day course the full first data course the following week Um, so there is a uh, a sign up um, button for that Uh, And if it looks like you know the eagerness is is out there people want to hang around for another week Then I'll be putting that on the following if not we'll, We'll do something kind of heading into the next next year
0: Brilliant. No, As thanks. Well. You. Thanks for sharing that. And also, so then thank you so much for joining me. Honestly, it's an absolute pleasure, Kat. I've totally loved it. Can you let people know who are listening? How can they reach out to you? Sort of Twitter, social media websites, etc.
1: Yes. Yeah, so Twitter, I'm on at cat underscore Council, H-O-U-N-S-E-L-L, at everyday underscore action. website is everyday hyphen um, and you can email me at kat at everyday-people.co.uk. <laughs> oh,
0: that's wonderful. Well, obviously, I'll add all of these contact and um, details to the show notes for you, Kat, as well. And yeah, you, you mentioned a couple of really interesting oh, yeah. sort of reports, like the Deloitte report. So I'll try and dig that out and add that to the show notes as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Brilliant. Well, look, thank you so much Brilliant. for your time, Kat. Brilliant. That sounds fab. Uh,
1: get in touch if you want me to send you the link.
0: Yeah, thanks
1: for inviting me to be a part of it, Gary. I've really enjoyed it.
0: I've enjoyed it, and I can't wait to speak to you again, and I I, I will do. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for now, Kat. Have a nice evening. Hi there, it's just Gary Turner again. Just wrapping up this really awesome podcast with with Cat Hounsell. Again, got so many takeaways. I'll try and keep them brief. Um, but for me, there was this really, really clear piece around the future is just first aid. So we get away from distinguishing between whether it's a physical um, first aid challenge or whether it's a mental health first aid challenge. I think that's so so important. And I think linking to one of the other points that Cat spoke about, which was a Brené Brown and reference that suicide linked to lots of business travel and loneliness. You know, in her book, Braving the Wilderness, um, Brené talks about loneliness as a, as a very sad and desperate killer um, of people. And I think with the world that we have, it's, it's very interconnected, but at the same time, we can go anywhere in the world relatively cheaply and quite quickly. And you know, I, don't, I certainly don't always think about those times when I can feel lonely, and that does happen on occasion. So I think that's a really, really, really interesting reflection. Something else that was a real learning for me from this this chat with Cat was just because someone has a diagnosis of a mental health condition doesn't mean they automatically have poor levels of well-being. That's really really interesting and something I'm still digesting as I make that statement um, in in these reflection notes. Um, so yeah, I want to come back to that on Cat and maybe with other people as a, as we reflect on this in terms of what self-awareness means to Cat. I really liked this this definition for her, which was it's a knowing within your head. Heart and your gut, what's happening there's a really nice succinct um message there for me because it's, it's really talking about you know it is your gut feeling you know those feelings you know what is your body telling you about a situation now this gut reaction it is a thing you know i've I know it's a thing I know some of my decisions and some of my some of my i would call hedged risk taking based on what my gut feel, what my heart felt has generally worked you know I'm not saying that's a perfect system you know that level of self-awareness that your body is telling you something physically from your head heart and gut that really resonates with me and i, and I quite like that and linked to that um we had this fantastic discussion around superhero strengths and how she's used that as part of facilitation and um, recently and she's given herself the badge of awareness as her current superhero strength which i think is really really lovely In terms of actually, in terms of how do we look out for each other, how do we actually support each other in in a work environment and indeed outside of work? Kat quoted, we all need people looking out for us from time to time and leaders need to be curious why people are not getting away from their day jobs to be able to focus on their development. So just hold that thought for a second. You know, are we looking out for when there is a development opportunity for your people? And they're not taking the time to to take them. Why is that? Is there presenteeism? Are people scared to take them? Do they not want to be the only one that's accepting learning opportunities? So I think particularly for our L&D professionals, also wider organisational contexts, you know, let's be more active. Let's actually look out for whether or not people are taking those development opportunities because it could actually be a sign of either a cultural toxicity or indeed a mental health challenge. So something to be thinking about there. And I think another thing I really liked was this What is Work, which... um, you know, Cat referenced Andy Swan. You know what even is work? You know activities according to Cat um, that we do at a certain age. You know when do they count as work and when do they not? And she she's a brilliant example that you know when when we go into retirement and we start volunteering, that's not classed as work. Just cause you're not getting paid for it. Doesn't you know suddenly it's not work anymore? So a really interesting point. And it makes me think about the universal basic income conversation that I've got coming up soon. And I'm looking forward to exploring that with, with, with that guest. And then finally, I really enjoyed Kat actually challenging me and actually sort of extracting my view on things a little bit more in this podcast. Which was is, which is quite interesting, and I sort of enjoyed that coaching, aspect, that that live interactive coaching aspect with with Cat as well on this podcast. So I took loads away from it there. Just a few things I've got, I've got another page, another page of takeaways. But I hope you took a few things away. I hope that those reflections of mine are helpful for you as you listen. And uh, yeah, I hope to hear hear from you i hope please do reach out to me at gary turner zero on twitter or via my linkedin page should you want to get in contact to discuss this or any other aspects of the podcast series to date and please do reach out to cat via the various mediums that you can find in the show notes thanks very much for now